You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And without further ado to just pepper me with questions about the D-backs and their upcoming season and why they're going to be team to beat over the next five years, we got Locked On Padres host Javier Reyes with us today. Javi, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing sensational. I'm doing astonishingly well, Millard. I'm happy that you asked because, you know, I mean, we love doing our crossovers. That's why we're doing another one. And I'm excited yeah. to just pepper you with even more questions. You, you hit me with a little bit of a sneaky one. I remember you were trying to be disrespectful at one point last episode. I'm already forgetting what you were disrespectful about. It was so but long were, ago. Yeah, it was so long ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, was so, it was an eternity ago. Um, but yeah, man, love talking D-backs, Padres. And again, this division is just going to be like an absolute firework of bonanza and fun. So uh, just really excited to talk about this stuff and talk about some D-backs questions because I think there are some players that are a little bit under the radar, you know, aside from a Corbin Carroll. Everybody who follows prospects know about him, but I think there's some other interesting stuff over there. And of course, you also still have my arch enemy on the team, which which cannot be ignored. Cannot be ignored. Yeah. I almost Dude. puked on the mic. I don't know yeah. what that was. <laughs> like, oh, you need a bucket. Yeah, or I was like, what just happened? <laughs> he who may not be named. Uh, Yeah, just speaking of the division, how, how are you feeling about your chances this year to win that division? Because let me pull up, you know, we'd love to shout out our sponsor at FanDuel. Dodgers minus 140 to win it. Padres mm. plus 145. So it's pretty close between those two to win the division. Dodgers have lost a ton of talent this offseason. They did bring in a little talent with my guy, Freight Train, as a nice little platoon option in the outfield for them. But most, mo mostly they lost a lot of talent this offseason. While the Padres were bringing in guys like Xander Bogarts. Sneakily, I think Michael Waka recently was a huge pickup for them because he was really good last year with the Red Sox. He was like mm -hmm. their number two starter for the whole season. He looked <laughs> <laughs> which is like crazy. So if he's like your number four starter on that salary and he gives you 85% of what he did with the Red Sox mm -hmm. last season, like that will be a huge deal for the San Diego Padres, excuse me. But how do you feel about your team's chances to finally dethrone the Dodgers in the division? Hey, look, in fairness, every every dynasty, every empire falls at some point. You know, the Dodgers have won the division how many years in a row? What? Just by sheer average, sheer regression to the mean, eventually they can't win the division. So on that end, for sure. But, hey, we talked about it a little bit last episode. We'll continue in this one as well. I think the D-backs and the Giants are both going to be capable teams. This is not like the, you know, the NL Central. The NL Central has the Reds and the Cubs Trash. and the Pirates, right? Those are three teams that the Brewers and Cardinals can just almost almost just rely on being like, well, we know we can beat those teams. <laughs> so we're at least going to be in contention solely based off that. These teams are good in this division, so I think that that could potentially hamper both teams. Uh, I think both the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, and the other thing is this. Don't tell don't tell the Snydog. Don't tell Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers. I I don't care, man. The their ability to procure talent and revitalize like 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 American Pickers or whatever the show is where they take some item and fully restore it. 
the way that they do that sometimes, there's been some Jason Hayward buzz that I'm oh. not saying he's going to be MVP or at least like all star level Jason Hayward, but like these things add up is what I'm saying. You turn Jason Hayward into a two win player that adds up. And Joey Gallo, Noah Syndergaard. It makes me a little bit nervous, just a little bit, just a little bit that they're like, obviously losing Trey Turner is big. I, I get it, and they have some some potential issues with their rotation. Walker Bueller, you know, he just had Tommy John surgery, so there's not as much you know hype vibes for them. But I'm just saying, man, they still got Miguel Vargas can come out here. They've still got some decent farm talent that might get called up. I'm just saying, for sheer factor of them being the Dodgers, you cannot underestimate that team. And yeah. If Noah Syndergaard comes out here and has, you know, what Johnny Cueto did last year, right? Johnny Cueto had a little bit of a bounce back, which was nice. Maybe even better? I don't know, man. It just makes me a little bit nervous. Just a tiny bit. I'm not, like, terrified of them. They're not this, like, giant, looming beast. You know, I'm getting closer to the mic as I say that. But there's still a feeling, like, it's, it's almost like people are a little... It's not a hot take anymore to say that the Padres might win this division. Mm-hmm. And that makes me nervous. Everyone's like, I think the Padres are good. Yeah, it's honestly a little bit 50-50 at this point. And that makes me nervous. I think people are just counting the Dodgers a little bit too much. They still have Freddie. still have Mookie. They still have, what's his name? Um, the first baseman <laughs> that looks like a troll. Um, Muncie. Muncie. If Muncie figures it out again, you know, Miguel Vargas might be a super stud immediately that I think people are sleeping on. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. But at the minimum, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great for baseball to have the rivalry kind of reignited. So on that end, for sure, what do you think, though? I'm curious. What do you think? Who do you think is going to win the division? Yeah, I talked about in the last pod about how you can have the Dodgers and – not the Dodgers, the D-backs and Giants rosters lined up against each other on paper, and it's a coin toss between which roster is better. I feel the same way between these two teams with the Dodgers and Padres. I'll probably even lean toward the Padres in terms of pure talent just because of who we saw – leave the Dodgers this offseason, but the Mm -hmm. Dodgers are the team where it's like they're always a move away from competing, and they're always calling up somebody who turns into a superstar. They always pick up someone off the waivers, like a Trace Thompson who could go in and get hot for 30 games and smash a whole bunch of home runs. Or they pull off a trade for Max Scherzer, and then it's like, oh, man, we'll also take Mm -hmm. salary dump Trey Turner in that deal as well. And it's like the Dodgers somehow get so much luck when it comes from the rest of the league in terms of signing great major leaguers for probably below market value because other teams don't want to give Freddie Freeman the six year or whatever, or they're able to go out there and get a Trey Turner thrown into the Max Scherzer deal because who knows why Washington did a move like that. Or they call up someone from their minor league system who just turns into an absolute stud because unlike the New York Yankees, the Dodgers actually know how to develop their talent. So So you always stray for the Yankees. Getting caught astray. I mean, they, those Yankees players are usually good for the first couple of years, and they tail off pretty quickly. Unlike these Dodgers, like the Will Smiths of the world, who actually are superstars year in and year out. Year out. So I think there's a lot more stability and like institutional knowledge with the Dodgers and credibility as to why you're going to trust them to win that division. But I'm actually going to lean this season toward the Padres to win that division just because they got my guy X-Man. And I just think Juan Soto, like we saw with Lindor that first year Mm -hmm. with the New York Mets, where he struggled a little bit and then had a big bounce back his second year. I think Juan Soto's in for a monster season. I think Tatis will probably 
I mean, I don't know how he'll look because he did miss all of last season, but you know he's at least going to be hungry and wanting to go out there. Maybe he presses a little bit too much because of all the time he's missed and he's going to try and redeem himself. But I like the fact that he's going to go out there and be hungry. Machado, all of a sudden, it's a contract year. He's playing yeah, for something too. So you kind of, you want to look at the the optimistic view of this Padres team. It's like a lot of your best players have something to prove, something to play for. Juan Soto too is trying to get a contract. So I think I would probably lean San Diego Padres when it comes to who's going to win this division. I appreciate that too. I appreciate yeah. that very much, man. Thank you. The D-backs yeah. man. He said, hey, they got the X-Man. And hey, everybody listens to my pod and follows my tweets. They, I'm a fan of the X-Men in general. And now that we have the X-Men in baseball, I mean, Xander's, Xander's pretty vicious. I don't know. I wonder what X-Men Xander Bogart. That was going to be my next question. Which one of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which one of those characters is he? <laughs> I can't even think I of that no many idea. my head. I have no idea. Because like his personality, he's just kind of a gamer, but he's not like as loud as some of the other X-Men are. So I don't know. I don't like Forge. Who? Who's the one X Men? Who's the X Men in X Men First Class that dies in like the first ten minutes of the film? <laughs> you talking about the uh, Darwin, the guy who adapts yeah. to things? Yeah, <laughs> he can't adapt to one thing. It's like the funniest scene. It's literally his ability is to adapt to things. Like he shouldn't yeah. be able to die, and they killed him. It's like your one non-white character too. It just gets a fucking. Oh, excuse me. He gets an energy blast into his mouth. <laughs> like adapt no. to this and just yeah, murder. adapt to this. Jeez, that movie is so chaotic, but I still kind of like it. Um, I love it actually. All those re it's the, good. the new reboots actually. The first couple are great. I like First Class. I like the. New I like First Class. Like, don't give me those, those old X Men movies, man. They're, they're pretty good. I think there's some people are remembering that. It's not just Disney Marvel era that made these these good movies. You know, there's, there's been some gems in the back in the day. Yeah, and if you want on Xander Bogarts, if you want to bet on Xander Bogarts adapting mm. to his new situation mm. in San Diego, then you mm. need to head to where, Javi? Where do you need to head to? You got to head to FanDuel, man. Come on. Come on. That's right. And for the YouTube audience, we got to put – oh, hold on. For the YouTube audience, we got to put the overlay on for you guys because – the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. We're not in the MLB season. It's still basketball time. So right now, all I got to bet on is my favorite team, the LA Lakers. Guess what? Every game, I'm doing my same game parlay. LeBron, 25. LeBron, 5 rebound. LeBron, 5 assists with AD, 25 and 10. Instant money in your pocket. You can go cash it right now. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat. First bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, Javi, I've really dominated the conversation with all my San Diego Padres questions. So let me be a gracious <laughs> host and maybe turn the mic over to you for a little bit to see if you have any questions for me. All right. All right. Here we go. Right. Here we go. No, I, feel like, I feel like Eminem and 8 Mile. Like, I got the mic. Like, here we go. What do I <laughs> What, what can I do with this? <laughs> yeah, here we go. You have had one thing over me these past couple, at least, at least the last year. You had one thing over me. 
one mm. very important thing, and that is mm. you did not have the ground ball gremlin as your first baseman. You did <laughs> not have the absolute bane of my existence in Aaron Cosmer at first base. And last year, and, and, and they laughed. They laughed at me. I remember they laughed at me. Who? Christian Walker, man, is one of the more underrated players in the game right now. I'm not so sure that he will repeat, but in fairness, he's had years where he's hit for power before. It did not only materialize last year. He's on a super team-friendly contract. Won the gold glove last year, hit 36 home runs, which is wild. And yes, batting average wasn't high, but if you look a little bit deeper, he was smoking the ball. He was like one of the unluckiest hitters in the game in terms of just getting really bad, bad bit luck. Um, and his isolated power was almost like close to, not close to, but he was in that like Aaron Judge tier. He was a little bit below him, obviously. But just in terms of hitting for pure power, Christian Walker was up there. And then with the defense, he was great. I want to ask you. Uh, he yeah. is an underrated player, with especially with that team-friendly contract, which is why I imagine they wanted to keep him. We talked about in the last episode that, you know, should they have gone out to at least have an anchor, that veteran presence. So I imagine that they wanted to, you know, have Christian Walker on the team. But do you think they traded Dalton Varsho this last offseason? They're still in rebuilding mode. Christian Walker's not like he's super young. He's not old. He's not super young, though. Should they have potentially traded him? Because I think you might have gotten a decent package or am I just overrating the guy? What do you think? You think that the Diamondbacks should have said, you know what? We're rebuilding. Let's at least keep this one guy. Or should they have been like, you know what? Let's blow it up because we just did Varsho. You know, we're going full, full rebuild and we're going to be awesome in a few years. If you could get a Varsho level package for Christian Walker, sure, you think about it. But when you think about the trades of the Mookie Betts and the Nolan Arenados, it's hard for me to rationalize trading away a good player like Christian Walker, who's not a superstar and actually expect to get real value back. Because, look, I, I was shocked when the D. I, let me not say I was shocked when the D back traded Dalton Varsho because they, of course, had a log gym outfielders. And I wasn't surprised to see Dalton Varsho move. But the fact that he was moved and got back, like, a real heralded prospect who already flashed on the major league level. Like usually can't get a Gabriel Moreno back in a deal where you trade away a superstar player. The fact that the D backs got someone back like that in a Varsho trade really shocked me. So I wouldn't want to also expect that if I trade away a Christian Walker, I could also get back a pretty good prospect because more likely than not, if you trade away a Christian Walker, you're never going to get that return on investment back. And so for me, someone that's already on a team friendly deal just exploded onto the scene with his defense and power and the power it's not something new like you said it was definitely his biggest surge of power that we've ever seen before but if you look at those advanced hard contact stats the exit velos and everything like that mm -hmm. the batted ball stats like he was always among the league leaders in the hardest hit percentage since 2019 if you take out i think 2020 that's the only year where it was kind of an outlier or maybe it was 2021 one of those two years yeah, I'm looking at it yeah, 2021. Every other year, he's basically at the top of the leaderboard, top five in terms of whatever hard contact rate you want to find. So this was the first year he finally put it all together in terms of that over-the-fence power with the defense. And in the second half of the season, Javi, in 70 games, he had a 285 average. So he even showed you in the second half of the season, maybe he can a little hit for a little bit for average. And he had like 850 OPS. So Christian Walker is someone that I still think is ascending, still think is only 30 years old. And coming off the best season of his career, it's like if this guy could still give you that production for the next three to four years while you have all these young guys come up, he's the perfect glue guy. 
is a perfect veteran presence. He's still good, and it's like, why not just keep him in this timeline with all the rest of the players? Because the D-backs might not be that far away from competing for something real. They could be two years, maybe three years or less away from actually just at least getting in the dance and making some noise and trading away a guy like Christian Walker for the 25th best prospect in someone's system. I don't think that would work out because I saw the D-backs uh, last trade deadline or a couple trade deadlines ago, trade away Eduardo Escobar, and they got back Cooper Hummel, who they just traded for Kyle Lewis. So it, it, in the vacuum, Eduardo Escobar just as good as Christian Walker, at least at the time of the deal, and you got back nothing for him. I think in most of these deals, like the D-backs also traded away Starling Marte and got back like Caleb Smith or something. Like most of these yeah. deals where you trade away a, a good player, not a great player, mm-hmm. not a superstar player, just trade him away, you're never going to get back a decent prospect. Like it's not basketball where if you actually trade someone that's like a borderline all-star, you actually get back a really good uh, prospect or pick or whatever. You at least get equal return on your value or close to it. In baseball, I just feel like trades 90% of the time are fleeces one way or the other. You're either acquiring a superstar and giving away nothing, or you're acquiring like a good player, but you're giving up some dude that's going to turn into Fernando Tatis Jr. in the future. Mm -hmm. So I would rather stay away from trades. And if I'm in a trade, I want to be acquiring the best player and not being acquiring draft picks or prospects because i just think that's too much of a roll of a dice and the way you've seen prospects and the gamble on them and how often they actually materialize just give me someone who i know is going to be good who's not going to kill my salary or luxury tax because they don't have that in baseball and just let me have christian walker and just see him crush 40 home runs in a season i like that you bring that up because it's true you either have like the the trade of for Trey Turner that the Dodgers did, which still gives me PTSD thinking about it, where it's yeah. like, yeah, all right, you gave up Kybert Ruiz, okay, Judge Zyagra, okay, whatever, fine, but whatever. then you got him and Scherzer. I know they didn't win the World Series, <laughs> but you know, it's still like when you look at that, you're like, all right, you got the superstars, that's pretty awesome. This has happened a bunch, or it's the other way where it's like you traded Glass now and Meadows <laughs> and Shane Baz for uh, Chris Archer, who was not even. The book was out on that guy. I still don't know why they did that. Like, it, it's true. It seems to go that way. It feels like Soto might be the first trade in a while where the prospect return, like, you really did get as much as you could, and it made sense. Like, this super young superstar, and then you also have, um, you know, Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams, who have at least already appeared in baseball, mm-hmm. right? Mackenzie Gore looked like a Rookie of the Year contender last year. He was awesome. And then, you know, people who've been following fan graphs, they have, um, what's his face? Wood. Um, James Wood is like the third best prospect in baseball right now. So, like, there's guys. Robert Hassel seems to have declined a little bit in his value. So maybe the Padres did right by selling him at the right time. But just saying, you know, they, they did as good as they could. You know what I mean? At least, like, and they did offer him a contract. So I think that sometimes... People people make fun of the the Nationals. Not to get on too much of a, a tangent, but considering how bad their team was, they had nothing else. You got a pretty damn good package. It has the potential to be the best package returned. And also, for the Padres, be a great deal, too. So I, I think that that's what's so fun about it. Um, but yeah, I agree, man. And Christian Walker, definitely a player. Man, he's a great highlight player. Everybody, yeah. if you just want to see some dingers right now, it reminds me of Hunter Renfro, one of his years with the Padres, where if you just look at their highlights you're going to think they're the best player in the history of the game. Uh, Christian yeah. Walker, there are some whole Rudsy hits where it's like it's it's like Bull Durham. Like, wow, that ball really got out of here in a hurry. I mean, geez, Louise. So really looking forward to that. Next question and, I have for you. Or go well, ahead. I was going to say real quick, maybe teams should actually try to sell early on their prospects when it's like 
they're one or two years in the system. They're still in mm-hmm. high A, but they're already ranked as like a top three prospect. Maybe teams should start trying to sell those guys early. Yeah, you're going to have some dudes who nip you in the butt because they actually end up materializing and being that good of a player. But so many times they're like, your prospect is in high A and they're your number one prospect for 2019. And then you come back the very next season. And all of a sudden they've dropped to like number 10 in your prospect rankings because those rankings are just so volatile. And if you want to just, I think the best test case or the best case study for trading away star players for prospects is just the Miami Marlins a few years ago when they had that outfield of Ozuna, Christian Yelich, and Giancarlo Stan. Like you would have thought Stan and Yelich yeah. would have got you major returns. Yelich went on to the Brewers and was like a back-to-back MVP, and Stan was already an MVP in Miami. But it was Marcel Azuna who ended up getting the best package back because you got back Sandy Alcantara, who was just the reigning Cy Young Award winner, mm-hmm. and you got back our guy, Zach Gallen, in that deal as well. Think about that. You're trading away a, a borderline all-star, good, and you get back two. Like, if, if the Miami Marlins didn't trade away Zach Gallen, I mean, they still got back uh, Jazz Chisholm for him. But if you had mm-hmm. Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallen's your two frontline starters, and all you mm-hmm. trade away was Marcel Azuna, who's had all these off-the-field issues. It's actually crazy that that could happen in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Like, it shows you, like, some people make fun of the Padres, right, where Preller has had a bunch of misses, but then he's had a bunch of hits, too. Obviously, everyone knows James Shields for Fernando Tatis, but then it's, like, Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, Blake Snell. And Darvish and Snell at the time, especially Snell, was they gave up a huge package. Luis Patino was a highly regarded pitching prospect, super, super young, so he has time, but ends up getting really hurt, and he still hasn't been able to do too much for... The Rays, and then you have Xavier Edwards, right? Who they got, they gave up for in the Jay Cronenworth trade at the time. It was the Tommy Fam trade. So they've had plenty of wins too. It's just how many wins, which are your wins? Are they going to be the big one? And, you know, you brought up the Jets. Is that the most fair trade, like, in the last decade? Jets just hold for Jets. You know what I mean? Like, it's really it close. Actually. I think it is <laughs> like, the it best, be. like, one for one trade because the D backs actually have, like, uh-huh. a Cy Young Award contender. And then the uh, Jazz, he's on the cover of MLB The Shows. So yeah, not- right? <laughs> He's no scrub either. So it's like, I feel good about Zach Allen potentially winning the Cy Young Award. Like, I don't think that's crazy. And it's like, you told me Jazz was going to be an all-star, have a 30-30 season and actually live up to being on the cover. I don't think that would be insane either. The fact that they were literally just one for one trade, I think is, uh, I think it was, I think it was a, (laughs) 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 just just powered through the yard. It's really fun. (laughs) You know, you know what, Javi? You know what you need? Cause it looks like you get a little tired. It looks like you need a boost, Javi. And if you need a boost of energy, the best way to get that is from a built bar. Because listen, audience, listen, listeners, whoever is listening to this podcast, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories and you want that little boost of energy like Javi needs right now, then you got to try a built bar because look. The holidays, they're like two months ago at this point, right? If you want to stay locked into the game, you got to do it yourself. You got to stay self-motivated. And it's hard. We all have sweet tooths. We all have cravings. And that's why Built Bar is fantastic because it tricks you. You think that you're eating a candy bar when in reality, you're actually eating a protein bar. That's a low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for a keto diet. And the thing that makes the Built Bar so tasty is that it's covered in 100% real chocolate. It's soft. It's easy to chew. And right now, you don't have to just go online to get your built Bar. No more just built.com. You can still go there if you want. We can also just go to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. So right now, if you're close to Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box of our hit mm. flavors, brownie batter, or churro, and guess what? You can thank me later. 
All right, back here with Javier Reyes. We're we're goofing off. We're we're powering <laughs> through a little tiredness, but it, we're having a great time, aren't we? Not Javier? Are we not having a great time? I think we're always having a great time, man. I mean, some of our right. best ideas, some of our best podcasts. I think both of us have been our crossovers, whether it be the wagers, whether it be when we did that fantasy draft for former Padres and Diamondbacks, which truly was elite, by the way. I, I really stand by that. That was one of the best ideas we've had. That was a lot of fun. Did we um, actually do it or did we just talk about it? No, we did it. I'm like 99% sure we did it. Let <laughs> me <Did we laughs> go back and check the tapes. I know you told me before we started recording, we did it. But I was like, I remember us talking about it. I actually don't remember if we actually did it. When I think it was in 2021 that the D-backs won a few games or whatever, and you you knew, oh. too. You were like, oh, I know this is going to go backwards, but I'm going to have fun while I can. And then you did another wager thing. You're like, Seth Beer or whoever it was is going to destroy you. Like, all these things, man. I'm probably um, talking crazy. When the D-backs are hot, I'm, I'm talking crazy when the D-backs are looking it, good. So <laughs> I want it. I want it. There's too many hosts on the Locked On MLB Network where you look at them and be like, I want to know what you act like when you're good. Connor Newcomb is the leading candidate for that. Shout out Locked On Orioles. That oh. man hasn't had a good team for as long as I've been here. When that team is good, I don't I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to look like. You've got the Divas over at Locked On Mariners. They they okay. act the fool. They they're like, "Hey, this is how you manage a team." The team breaks their off-season sl- or postseason slump from 20 years and then all of a sudden they know how everything is supposed to go in baseball. The Divas of Locked On, I'm telling you. But seriously, go listen and, to that podcast. They're great. And hey, locked on Rangers, get a little sensitive out here. Oh, locked on Rangers, oh. Rangers. <laughs> get a little sensitive out here. Yeah. <laughs> like one thing about the Degrom or the hell, locked on Rangers tenses up a little bit. They, they don't want to talk about. It. <laughs> they don't want the smoke, man. Um, I like how we don't say any names. We just say yeah, the- <laughs> yeah we just say the, the name. <laughs> um, look, uh, but uh, back on topic. Some other some other Dimebacks questions. For oh, you. okay. Just finally, you know. I was also right about Cattell Marte, um, at least for last season. But can he bounce back? All the metrics on him are really good. Really great player to watch play. He's got the speed, got the power combination, which is really good. Can he put it together? But what are some under-the-radar guys, you think, for the D-backs this year? Who are some guys that might give the Padres trouble or just any team's trouble? Because everyone knows about like every player on the Padres at this point because they have the Justice League. But with the D-backs... I think everyone knows. All right, wow, Zach Gallon. Justice League. Okay. <laughs> Zach Gallon. Hug <laughs> yourself up. All right. Yeah. I have to sneak that in there we real got quick. The Justice League saying. over here. Okay. <laughs> Zach Gallon, Corbin Carroll are probably the guys that everybody's most excited for. Christian mm-hmm. Walker's very good. We talked about him. You know, you got your Kittel Marte, but who are some other guys? And and for the record, if you say Madison Bumgarner, which I know you won't, for at least I hope you don't. No. You better not. Because Madison Bumgarner, <laughs> the. I still, for those who don't know, Millard had my favorite tweet of last year, and part of it is because he has a very normal-looking headshot on Twitter, and I think that that makes all of your tweets funnier, <laughs> like when you're being mean, and it's just you smiling like that. You were like, I predicted <laughs> that Madison Bumgarner would give up four runs <laughs> in this game, and after one inning, he gave up four, and you're like, all right, I got the four runs part. Now I just need the innings. I don't know why that was the funniest tweet I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I need to go back and like retweet it on my account or something. I just need to see it alive one more time. Um, 
But to answer your question, there's actually a lot of people that could fit this category because the D-backs are going to have a lot of under-the-rated options this year. But I think I would probably look at the rotation the most. We're looking past Zach Allen, the the future Cy Young Award winner. We're looking Mm. past Merrill Kelly, who could finish top 10 in Cy Young voting, should have last year. So maybe he should be the answer to this question. But really, I think it's going to be the potential rookies in that rotation. We already saw the Ryan Nelson and the Dre Jameson each pitch around 20 innings last year. Both of them are going to compete for that number five spot in the rotation and if something happens to Madison Bumgarner I'm not wishing injury on him but if we could get him off this roster release him trade him and then get both of them in the rotation I'll watch out for both of those guys because both of them are mid-20s they both have a different kind of arsenal they both could throw high velocity heaters and have just um Ryan Nelson more of a fastball heavy guy Dre Jameson has like five or six pitches he could throw so I like both of those guys as underrated pitchers to watch also watch out for Brandon Fat. Probably won't start the season on a major league level, but had one of the most impressive minor league seasons we've seen in over a decade last year because he cracked the 200 strikeout mark in the minor leagues, which I don't think has been done since Matt Moore in 2011. I expect him to be there probably by the All-Star break and at least pitch like half the season with the D-backs after the All-Star break. So I'd watch out for the young rookies in the rotation. And then the most underrated player in baseball last season will once again be the most underrated player in baseball this season, Jake the Rake McCarthy, who at one point carried this D-backs offense for like two months there, one of the fastest players in baseball, probably mm-hmm. going to see around 30 bags, had a pretty high average last year, OPS was pretty solid as well, Jake the Rake who basically stole the job away from Alec Thomas, one of the top D-backs prospects. Right yeah. now, it seems like Jake McCarthy's locked into an outfield spot while Alec Thomas is kind of fighting for that fourth outfield spot with like a Lords Gurriel and even borderline fighting for just being on the opening day roster. So Jake McCarthy, Jake the Rake, I think is... If you look at position players, probably the most underrated position player. I mean, I could also throw in Josh Rojas, who quietly stole like 19 bases in there as well. But I think Jake McCarthy has some real talent, and I would probably pick him to be the most underrated D-back this season. I like those. I like those. Jake McCarthy, if you play in Roto Leagues, really cheap option to try and get you some steals, man. Really, if you're playing those rotisserie season-long leagues, man, that's going to be one for you. Yeah, I I agree, man. I think it's really fun. And there's definitely... Maybe some late season, right? It's possible mm. maybe. Does Gabriel Marino make his debut oh, yeah. like in the second half? Probably comes up. That's a super highly regarded prospect. Uh, and, and again, a great return for the D-backs, all things considered, on Dalton Varsho. I'm yeah, curious. for – I was going to oh, say, go for, for Moreno – I think he's going to be there from day one. He just won't be Carson Kelly. How it seems right now, it seems like it's going to be 60-40. Carson Kelly is the opening day catcher getting 60% of the duties. And then by all-star break, I think we'll see that flip with Moreno being the guy for 60% of the time, Kelly the other 40%. But expect Moreno to be a contributing factor most likely from day one. Nice, nice, nice. That's exciting, man. Again, it's cool that there are things to watch on the team. You know what I mean? This is... There are a lot of hope, not a lot, but there's a decent amount of hopeless teams out there. Like there's the Pirates. <laughs> Red, just like, you know? all right, I guess I can't wait for some Cabrian Hayes defensive highlights. That'll be oh, fun, man. I guess. And then I that's it. My- the Rockies. <laughs> oh, my God. D-backs, it's like the only thing with them is just that other teams are better right now. That seems to be kind of the only like negative. You know what I mean? It's just, well, you're in a loaded division right now. They... Look, if they were in like the NL Central, they could be like, you know what? Let's spend some money this offseason. We, we could win this thing, you know, or the AL Central, whatever. Like, 
what's going on in the central world, man? Let me, let me tell you. Yeah, if I could um, throw out a sarcastic stray real quick, I love the hourly updates of Brian Reynolds' trade request. Oh, <laughs> you're allowed to say it. So Eric Hosmer was banned on my show, as you as you know, and many people know. I refuse to say his name for a while. Uh, that guy on the Pirates you just said has been banned on my show as well. I've had <laughs> enough. I cannot take the trade rumors. It is insane. This guy is being treated like when that report came out that they want a Soto like tra trade package, I was like, enough. It, just relegate no them. They need to be relegated. I've had enough of the Pirates. Either sign him or trade him. Make up your mind. This guy isn't Mickey Mantle. Like he's a good player, a player that would probably fit on a lot of teams. But oh my god! But like you said, hourly updates. It's not. He's not even kidding. And honestly. I I'll probably be forced to talk about him again at some point because the engagement numbers when you talk about this guy is through the roof. I, I, it's this like weird cultish thing that's happened where everybody thinks Brian Reynolds is like a superstar who's about to be traded. It's it's nuts. It's nuts. Fun question for you: Which lockdown host do you think is least excited for this season? Is it like Jason Burke of Lockdown A's? Is it Jeff <laughs> Lockdown Reds? It could be Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. Who's least excited for this season? I might say Jason Burke, just because that's a that's a minor league team that they're putting out there on the field, and they just seem hell bent on winning no games this season. The thing is, Burke does have a little bit of a freakishness to him, where like mm -hmm. he might be the sick sociopath that enjoys watching awful baseball and being like hey we just got a home run from our first baseman today yay and like christian pache made a cool catch today like i could see that but oh man that is such a great question man that yeah. is fascinating i think rylan styles is a sleeper of lockdown royals okay um just because he's sick of the royals sometimes in general but that team has stuff i think it's between paul and um, what's his face? Um, Peter, does Peter Pratt sneak in here? <laughs> he's definitely on the aggro list. If you did yeah. aggro power rankings, he's probably number one with Bryce. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Bryce, there's some downside. Yeah. Bryce, I know that it's not because they have a bad team, but there's a world where all this doesn't turn out well and Jacob yeah. DeGrom gets hurt, which, uh, again, I think that one of the things I don't like is people who have been saying oh all that money for them to finish in third place as if we know for sure what's going to happen like come on guys no. like they could they could it could still turn out well and their farm could blow up they have the building blocks now they just need the tertiary pieces yeah i'm um, actually pro rangers this year yeah, i don't know if they'll make the playoffs but i'm kind of in on whoever they're winning i think they're gonna be better than the mariners to be honest with you i do oh, okay i, 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 I wouldn't go that's my bold like prediction that this year okay i that's like my that bold prediction this year you got to yeah, add the yeah. Lockdown Mariners guys after this. You oh, took a couple will. shots over there. I know. They're divas. What do you want from me? I know they are. They're great. I love those guys so much, but they're they're in their diva phase. They absolutely are. I was in it too. In 2020, I was out of control. Like I just couldn't be stopped. I was need posting all these ridiculous videos with sunglasses and, and tweeting at Jeff Snyder and all that. I was ridiculous. But yeah, um, that's, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I think Bryce is a sneaky stealth candidate, but I'm going to go with Paul just because... Oh, okay. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing there, man. Like, even Chris Bryant. Like, that guy can't even stay healthy sometimes. So, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Paul Sleepers Bryce of Lockdown Rangers. They got the longest tenured manager now in Major League mm. Baseball. I think with Bud Black. Like, what a mm -hmm. what a great extension for the Colorado Rockies. Keeping that <laughs> thing going. Uh, here with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. Avi, any last questions before we depart today? Um, quick uh, a quick thought on Kyle Lewis. Is there okay. anything exciting about oh, there? Yeah. Because you just mentioned him in a trade. Is that yeah, a sleeper, no. or was this a guy that just did kind of great in 2020 and we're, over, we're kind of uh, extrapolating from that sample size too much? 
hey, ask as many questions as you want, Javi. I'm here for you. <laughs> for me, I mean, I want to say he's a sleeper just because I don't know much about him. He's been hurt the last couple of years. He was the rookie of the year in the COVID shortage covid shore in 2020 season so he just doesn't have a large sample size but i have to believe this is someone that was a highly touted prospect coming up he's showing that flashed a lot that rookie season now we haven't seen him since they people think his knees are absolutely done he's basically just dh at this point but i still think he could be a sleeper because the d-backs have been looking for a righty platoon power option and if kyle lewis can get any sort of health going and get back on track and maybe he doesn't play defense anymore but if he just like a jd martinez 80 percent discount jd martinez just like an interesting power righty like i would definitely love that especially the fact that like i said all we gave up for a former rookie of the year just from 2020 is cooper hummel i don't care what anyone says that is a straight up Police by the D-backs, even if Kyle Lewis never plays a game in an Arizona Diamondbacks uniform. You gave up Cooper Hummel for a rookie of the year. I don't care mm-hmm. what anyone says. Cooper Hummel's not a major leaguer. Meanwhile, <laughs> Kyle Lewis can be. Mm-hmm. Like That's it, my hot take. I, like I know it. in the chat people are like, oh, Kyle, uh, Cooper Hummel, he's interesting as a fourth outfield. No, he should be in triple A. <laughs> he should be in triple A. Okay, no, he's a quad A player. Thomas, man. He said, no, I've had enough of this. He's not Enough good. of yeah. Cooper. <laughs> enough of Cooper. The only... Cooper, I care about is Sly Cooper, as far as I'm concerned. You know okay, what I'm you know what back I mean? to the you know video I mean? games. All yeah, right, man. I got to sneak one in there every time we cross over. Um, yeah, man, that's basically about it. And I, I again, I really think this is going to be a fun season. I think whenever you're ready, we could do some sort of wager. Um, I'm oh, excited yeah. for fantasy baseball, and I'm really genuinely happy because when your team is bad, I've seen the dark side of Miller, ladies and gentlemen, and that dark well, side is him being like. Hey, so uh, who's excited to talk about that trade that just happened that has nothing to do with us? <laughs> like, like it's just I've seen the dark side. I, I've I've seen the when you just get very, you get a little nihilistic almost. Dare I say about the the Diamondbacks? It's almost like you're like, all right, whatever. They did something. The season's so long, and watching a team <laughs> no, suck for so long, it's just yeah. terrible. It's like when you're it's just rough. like it's game rough. fifty, and you're like, we got another hundred games of just nothingness and nothing to look forward to. That's why I'm like, let's shorten the MLB season because it's not fair to the Oakland A's. You have to watch that for 162 games. That's absolutely <laughs> awful. Looking at our schedule right now, D backs played the Padres. The first game of the season that they play each other is four twenty. We got to do some kind wow. of. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful we'll figure uh, out something that is beautiful we, we'll figure out something for sure we'll figure out yeah something. we'll definitely cross over before that because you got to cross over the first time your teams play each other everyone has to do a crossover at the lockdown network and also we're opening day around the corner well we'll probably do some kind of round table i'm guessing mm-hmm. like we did last season i it just came to my head just now because we did last year so that'd be kind of fun if we did a, a round table i don't think i've talked to good old schneid dog in a very long time because he never mm-hmm. wants to hit me up but that's okay we won't even worry about it um javier reyes of lockdown padres where can the listeners find you find me at javapeno j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o I do some nerdy stuff on there that isn't always baseball. I still recommend it. I think I have the best Twitter handle in the game, dare I say. Oh. Um, at LO underscore Padres, though, if you only want Padres content and Locked on Padres on YouTube. See whatever shirt I'm wearing, Tatis bobblehead, and the many times we laughed on this podcast. So if that's your thing, go check that out. Who would you get the bobblehead from? I got it from the homies over at 
why am I blanking on this? Uh, but it is, it's in the pod description. It's in the description <laughs> okay. of today's episode. So check, check, check that out. I forgot the name for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And for the Padres listeners, find me on Twitter at careerthomas24 for my personal account. Just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, subscribe on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks on there as well. D-backs, are they the sleeper of the season? Are they the team to beat in the next five years? Discussing it all with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. We are out. Come on, come on.